Welcome to the Ninth Arch, a Masonic podcast that takes a further look at the three Yorkite degrees called the Council of Cryptic Masons. Here you will find interviews and discussions on topics and research papers related to the Cryptic Council. The views and opinions of the speakers are that of their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of the Grand Council. Follow us on our Facebook page for further discussions after the show. Welcome back to the Ninth Arch Podcast, everyone. This is your host, Derek Helfer, and I'm accompanied by illustrious companion, Gary Jasker, once again. Uh, today, we'd like to bring you a, a podcast, Masonic Education, on the dedication of King Solomon's Temple and the captivity that leads to the, which will eventually lead to the building of the Second Temple. So if you've been following kind of our timeline of so far, we started out with Moses's Tabernacle, and we've uh, moved into the building of King Solomon's temple. So now we're going to continue along that same theme and uh, continue with the storyline here. So in, in this case, I'll turn it over to companion Jasker. Uh, thank you, Derek. May I digress once again to include the blessing of Solomon's temple. Now King Solomon wrote to the rulers and elders of the Hebrews to gather for the dedication of the temple. Solomon removed the ark covered it with the curtain from the Holy of Holies and carried it from the tabernacle, which Moses had pitched with the vessels that were for ministration of the sacrifices of God. And the king himself, along with the Levites, went before rendering the ground moist with sacrifices and drinking offerings and the blood of great number of oblations and burning of immense quantities of incense to the very air itself was full and was an indication of God's presence. From Mount Sinai, it made its way about three-fourths of a mile to Mount Moriah. When they came to the temple, the people went away and only the priests carried the ark and sat it between the two cherubims, which embraced it with their wings. They covered it as under a tent. Now the, the ark contained nothing but the two, table, two tablets of stone that preserved the Ten Commandments, which God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. In the holy place, they set the candlestick and the tables and the golden altar in the temple and every, in the very same places where they stood in the tabernacle. When the priest had finished putting all in order, they left. Then a dark cloud appeared within the Holy of Holies so that one priest couldn't discern another. Solomon rose from his chair and addressed God with these words. Thou hast an eternal house, O Lord, and such a one as thou hast created for thyself out of thine own works. We know it to be the heaven and the air and the earth and the sea which thou pervade. Now art thou contained within the limits. I have indeed built this temple to thee and thy name that from thence when we sacrifice and perform sacred operations, we may send our prayers up into the air. 
and may constantly believe that thou art present and art not removed from that thine own, for neither when thou see all things and hear all things, nor now when it pleases thee to dwell there, dost thou leave off the care of all men, but rather thou art very near to them all, but especially thou art present to those that address themselves to thee, whether by day or night. When he had solemnly addressed himself to God, he converted to discourse to the multitude and strongly represented the power and providence of God to them. The tall cross, which is one of the most ancient symbols of Jehovah, and the very one which Moses commanded the Israelites to mark on their doorposts in blood of the slaughtered Paschal lamb at the passage of the death angel over the land of Egypt. The keystones are two in number and both relate to the circle squaring formula. You can prove this by cutting out a piece of cardboard, a couple of trapezoids, one 10 by 10 by six by 10 inches dimensions, the other nine by nine, seven by nine. Each of these inscribed with the cross, unite the four corners, will exhibit one of the circle squaring triangles four times repeated. Remember that the ark spent over 480 years sitting inside Moses's tabernacle waiting for the permanent temple to be built. After the death of Solomon and 379 years after the temple was built, Zedekiah, who after eight years had kept his faith with Nebuchadnezzar, after which he became disloyal and in 588 BC entered into a pact with Egypt against Babylon. When the king of Babylon heard he was betrayed, he was intent on destroying Jerusalem. He built great mounds of earth around the whole city to the height equal to the walls. The siege continued for 18 months until they were weakened by famine. The walls were breached on the ninth day of April, 586 BC. When Nebuchadnezzar's general who had left in charge of the siege, entered the temple about midnight, Zedekiah, his family, generals, and friends fled the city through the fortified ditches and through the desert. When a number of deserters informed the Chaldeans of Zedekiah's escape, the Chaldeans at the break of day made haste to capture them and overtook them not far from Jericho. When Zedekiah saw the Chaldeans come and the friends and captains of Zedekiah dispersed, some this way, some that way, resolved to save themselves, leaving Zedekiah and his family alone, deserted by all but a few with his children and wives. In the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, the king sent his general Nebuchadnezzar to Jerusalem. They pillaged the temple and carried away the vessels of God both silver and gold, particularly the large lavar, which Solomon dedicated, also the pillars of brass and their chapters and the golden tables and the candlesticks. When he had carried them all off, he raised the temple to the ground and also the palace and burnt the city. He removed all the people and took the high priest, Sarah and Zephaniah prisoners and the three rulers that guarded the temple 
who were in charge of the armed men and seven friends of Zedekiah and his scribe and 60 other rulers with the, uh, all the vessels they pillaged and took them to Rebla, a city in Syria there, but he led them all to captives of Zedekiah to Babylon. The generals bring Zedekiah and his family before Nebuchadnezzar, who called him a wicked wretch and covenant breaker after chastising him for using the power against him, after he had taken it away from the Jehochens and given Jerusalem to Zedekiah. The king commanded that his sons, friends, and high priests and rulers' heads be cut off while Zedekiah watched, after which his eyes were put out. He kept Zedekiah in prison till he died and buried him and dedicated the vessels he had pillaged out of the temple to his own gods. The captives after arriving at Babylon do not appear to have been subjected to extreme rigors of slavery. They were permitted to retain their property and even purchase land and build houses. They were distributed into various parts of the empire, while others were sent away to the mountainous regions of Media in the far east. And their place was supplied by the Assyrian colonists brought from Babylon, Shushan, Elam, and other places. They brought them their idols and practices from which they came. They mingled with the Israelites, intermarried, and farmed a mixed people called Samaritans. Most of the Israelites who were exiled never returned. Babylon was situated about 475 miles in a nearer eastern direction from Jerusalem. It stood in the midst of a large fertile plain on each side of the Euphrates River, which ran through it from north to south, the original foundation of which was Babel, for which the descendants of Noah, under the leadership of Nimrod, about 125 years after the flood, had begun to build a tower and consecrate the population, which was contrary to the divine purpose of the replenishing of the earth with its inhabitants. Herodotus visited this tower and described it to be as a square pyramid measuring a half a mile in circumference at the base. From this rose eight towers, one above another, gradually decreasing to the summit. This tower was used for astronomical purposes, but chiefly devoted to the worship of Baal, whose temple contained immense treasures, including several statues of massive gold, one which was 40 feet tall. Here is where they deposited the sacred gold vessels from the temple of Jerusalem. After Nebuchadnezzar's death in 562, his son, Amal Marduk, began to reign. He was killed in a palace coup about four years reign and succeeded by his sister's husband near Glasar, who had been a general in the siege of Jerusalem. He reigned for three years and died a suspicious death. His son attempted to reign, but lasted only three months. He was deposed by a coalition that placed Nebadias, who reigned 17 years. He was the last king of Babylon. The intriguing puzzle about Nebadias, who was a religious fanatic, he was compared to Ekonomen, the 14th century pharaoh of Egypt, who attempted to start a new religion 
with one God. In Ikanion's part, they reverted back to multiple gods at his death, but at Nabadiah's case, Babylon fell to the Persian army of Cyrus in 539 BC. Cyrus had reduced nearly all of Asia, crossing the Euphrates and laid waste to Babylon, which took nearly two years. By diverting the course of the Euphrates from its channel by digging a canal, which ran west of the city and carried off the supply water to Lake Nitocris, which enabled the soldiers to move along its dry riverbed, enter under the wall of the city. He made a successful assault on it by night. Dawn found the Prince Nelsashar and his nobles slain and found the Persians in complete control of the city. After the death of Nebuchadnezzar and after they had undergone several years of servitude, Cyrus would restore them to their homeland in Judea and rebuild the temple God stirred the mind of Cyrus and made him write this throughout Asia. Thus saith Cyrus the king, since God Almighty has appointed me to be king of the heritable earth, I believe that he is that God which <clears throat> nation of Israel worships. For indeed he foretold my name to the prophets and that I should build his house in Jerusalem in the country of Judea. This was known to Cyrus by his reading of the book of Isaiah left behind by his own prophecies. For God had spoken to him in a secret vision. This was foretold by Isaiah 140 years before the temple was demolished. Accordingly, when Cyrus read this and admired the divine power and he seized the desire to fulfill what was written, so he called for the, the eminent Jews of Babylon and gave them leave to return to Israel to rebuild the temple of Jerusalem. And when he would write the rulers of the governors that were in the neighborhood of their country of Judea to contribute to them gold and silver for the rebuilding of the temple and beasts for their sacrifices. When Cyrus had said to the Israelites, the rulers of the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin with the Levites and priests made their way to Jerusalem. Many of the Israelites stayed in Babylon because they did not want to leave because of their businesses. The number of those who left Babylon were 42,462, out of which he selected 7,000 as an advance guard. Their progress was not without danger that at the river of Euphrates, they were opposed by the Assyrians who were tempted by the large amount of gold vessels that they were carrying and became very hostile. Most of the Assyrians were slain in the battle or drowned in the river in their retreat. The remainder of the journey was uninterrupted. And after four months journey, which took them through the ruins of Rabah and old Tadmor, and Palmyra to the desert and the ruins of Damascus, they arrived in Jerusalem in the month of June, 535 BC. Uh, this one's really interesting because this one has direct link to the super excellent master degree of the cryptic council. So people want to find out more about that degree. 
tell you, it, it is certainly centered around the story of Zedekiah and Nebuchadnezzar. Right. When, when he started to justify like the second one, the first one, the second one, and the third one telling, you know, what they thought about the strength of the king or mm -hmm. I only summarized the top part because. Oh yeah. No, that's they just ran, So I kind of cut it. This entire storyline is right in the Masonic ritual, whether yeah, be with the cryptic council or with various other Masonic bodies that, that are out there. Cause like I said, red cross comes into, comes in here. The, the green degrees from the night masons coming in here. So yeah. this, this whole storyline kind of fits in with all that. The, uh, one, the, the one question I had coming out of it, who were the, who were the Chaldeans? The Chaldeans. The, yeah. Who were yeah. they? So they're the ones that pursued Zedekiah, but how are they related to Nebuchadnezzar? Well, they were, they were his people. They were the Babylonians. Um, oh, okay. So they, yeah. they eventually become the Babylonians. We hope you have enjoyed listening to the Ninth Arch, a Masonic podcast where we take a deeper look at the Council of Cryptic Masons. Join us next time for another in-depth discussion, and don't forget to check out our Facebook group, The Ninth Arch. Thank you for joining us today, and may peace be with you on your travels.